0: If I ever were to lose you
1: i surely lose myself Everything I have found here I'm not found by myself Try and sometimes you'll succeed To make this man of me All my stolen missing parts I've no need for anymore
0: Cause I believe And I believe cause I can see
1: Our future days
0: Days of you and me
1: Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to another spoilercast episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8 Bits. And today, joining me in the co-host chair, we've got John O'Pair, Cooking Van at John himself. And today, we're going to be unpacking spoiler-free and very spoilery, The Last of Us Part 2, the recent release, PlayStation exclusive. Done by those legends over at Naughty Dog. Jono, how you doing, man?
2: I'm very good, Brandon. I've been waiting for this for a week or so, and I'm, I'm stoked to finally get to talk about this game.
1: Me too. It. this This game, this game has consumed, I think, both our respective lives for the past several weeks now. Like I, uh, I took my time with it a little bit more for the final act, just mm. with um, with life and work and everything else. So uh, I know you've been sort of marinating on on it for a bit longer than i have i only wrapped it up i think tuesday or so of this past week after sort of ripping in pretty quickly with the sort of first and third acts of the game Mm. but yeah my goodness gracious what an experience this was um the way we're going to sort of break it down today is we'll lead off with with an initial sort of review full spoiler free so anyone that hasn't played the game but wants to get some some feedback and maybe shape an opinion on if they should play the game you'll be right to listen to this without having any of the general uh narrative and, and main sort of story beats ruined mm-hmm. but uh we will then pivot into full spoiler territory uh where we're going to deep dive on big moments uh you know characters and whatnot so you'll have time to break away uh, if you don't want to don't want to have anything spoiled but i guess we could start maybe with our general thoughts what what was our experience like with the game maybe comparing it to any any sort of competition out there in the marketplace and then maybe just also determining you know is this the game people should be rushing out to buy mm. is it a game they should be playing john did you want to do you want to lead us off
2: yeah i think initial experiences are worth so much when it comes to criticism like you know it's easy to watch a marvel movie or whatever and go home and think about all the plot holes and all the things that maybe didn't work and they shouldn't have done but you, there's something to be said for the actual time you spend consuming the media and the Mm -hmm. the feelings that you get and when i finished this game and while i was playing it i was completely consumed i was completely caught up in the narrative and i was just completely affected by it and that is something you can't say for a lot of games especially ones that go for you know 25 to 30 hours like my first playthrough did And I finished calling it a masterpiece and not really having the words to to describe it at at that point. And, um, you know, I, I tweeted that out and I had a lot of replies from the trolls telling me that I'm stupid and that I'm wrong and it's a crap game and it's terrible and it's lazy writing and blah, 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 blah. But I also had a lot of people saying, thank you for saying that, like, because they agreed with me. And I think that they're probably the people who actually played the game, for starters. (laughs) Not these trolls that are out there that have kind of been trying to take over kind of the the public discussion about this. But yeah, I mean, we'll get to the criticisms later and, and whether we agree with them or not. But yeah, for me, it was just simply a game that I think will be remembered as one of the games of the current generation, for sure.
1: Yeah, I I think I echo echo exactly what you're saying there like um the story and just the character development and just the emotional drain that this game has on you is something unlike I've experienced in gaming probably since maybe the original Last of Us with some of those massive big emotional traumas that you experienced in in that game and yeah they they certainly haven't missed a beat like Obviously, this this is coming out seven years after the original Last of Us uh, first made its way to to prior generations, and the game itself is sort of set five years past the events of the Last of Us One. Chucks us directly into the shoes of a of an early adult Ellie, and uh, you know, sort of seeing her new life and, and dealing with her and Joel and everyone else living in this massive big settlement in Jackson in Wyoming which looks great it's like you know I, that's not spoiler territory it's it's something that I think's unpack straight off the bat just sort of seeing this massive big community and uh, right from the jump it just felt like this game had its hooks into me and yeah we, we won't sort of go into the nitpicky right now um, there is a few things we'll talk about later no doubt on that but it's an experience it almost felt like the game was playing me in a way for lack of a better term like it felt like i watched this big massive soap opera play out like it was this massive big drama unfolding like through through the video game medium but it almost felt like it's a precursor to the the hbo tv series they're working on it felt like this is what i'm going to expect and feel like the highs and the lows and the sadness and the dread and all that that comes with it and yeah like from a from a writing perspective i agree with that masterpiece term i think it's some fantastic writing fantastic acting and things we'll talk about in in more detail soon but my overall experience with this game like put the controller down and and rach sort of sat with me the entire time through the playthrough so she was sort of playing with me through me and put put that controller down as the credits rolled and it was just like holy crap like that was huge in every sense of the word and i think it was just real i think mm. that's something that, you, that this this game and and the people behind it do really well is it's you can understand you can relate and you can put yourself in these character's shoes uh, you know they don't really glorify anything it's just harsh violent heavy hitting writing and i'm all about it yeah all about it
2: i'm with you there like the way that they can create a world that is post-apocalyptic literally and there's still a realness to every character like a groundedness that comes through from the performances from the writing from the animations it's it's amazing and and the, the attention to detail in the environments like there's never anything that looks like it's been reused as far as assets go um, everything just feels like it just feels like it, it's real and um, that's kind of a hokey thing to say about a video game but if anyone's going to be able to put that hat on and and, and wear it proudly I think it's Naughty Dog and they really have done that in a way that, that makes it work and it's you know there's people that have and we'll get to the criticisms later but talked about how they feel like it's bashing people over the head with with the violence and trying to say that violence is bad and like we get it. You don't need to tell us that. But I, I think that we do need to hear that in a video game because how many games have you played where you literally gunned down hundreds of people, whether it's a GTA, whether it's a Red Dead, whether it's a even Uncharted, like there's a trophy that draws yeah. attention to the fact that you've just killed like this, these thousands of people and it's just nothing. But in this game, every time you gun someone down, slit their throat, whatever violent, shocking thing it is, it feels like it takes a toll on your character because it's taking a toll on you because it's been performed in that way and written in that way. You know, we have uh, these enemy sentries and enemy, like essentially goons and henchmen is what they would be in any other game. But in this game, they're saying, you know, someone got Scotty or like, you know, Gina's down or whatever. And like, everyone has a name in this game and it really stands out like that these people are affected by what you're doing. And I mean, that's just an example, I think, of Naughty Dog taking it to a, a next level with that kind of thing.
1: Um, I'm happy you mentioned Uncharted because I was going to say that it's such a contrast where, mm. where, yeah, it is just Nathan Drake smiling around, pillaging for treasure and just mowing down everybody with with no real consequence there's no emotional toll that takes on him you know he's still the the (laughs) happy-go-lucky you know modern-day indiana jones where there's no trauma in this yeah yeah, where you see ellie and abby and just all the support characters anyone involved in this violence you see it on their face like when you you do a stealth stealth kill on some of these people you see the struggle not only on the character you're controlling but the person whose life you're taking Mm. and it's you know it makes you feel every every bullet fired every arrow drawn every you know knife or or baseball bat swing like it all has purpose and i i love that they gave all these nothing characters that you are just making up the numbers by killing them to get past but yeah there's there's a Jeff or Jim or Jane whoever it is where yeah, their their friends are calling out for them or you're just hearing them struggle and you can hear some of them pleading as they're dying and screaming and stuff. Like yeah. they really they really ground the violence and don't let it yeah become like less. You know, I think every every violent act in this game has impact and carries so much weight. And I think that's evidenced with with this journey you go on with both of these characters. Mm. Um you can see that that emotional baggage that they're carrying from all this all this death and, and sadness.
2: Yeah. And as far as like how it compares to its competition, I think like we just mentioned um, Uncharted, which is probably like the closest thing because it's from the same studio. But as far as on a storytelling perspective, I think Red Dead is probably one that probably does give it that time to have character development and have the character impacted by their actions. So that's probably a, a good comparison in that regards. Not to the same extent, I think. Um, it's just a different world, really. But... As far as like zombie games, if you took comparing it to something like that, whether it's I don't know, like a, a I don't know, a Resident Evil or a um, Dying Light d- Days Gone, d- Dying Light, those kinds of things, there's nothing really at the level of um, the the narrative here, the emotion, and I mean, even if you just look at it from a, a PlayStation perspective, if if you're an Xbox owner that hasn't had a PlayStation, what is there on the Microsoft console that compares to the last of us part two.
1: Yeah. Like the closest you've got would be your resident evils, your dying light. And then, you know, things like left for dead, but (laughs) nothing compares from a, from a storytelling perspective where you are weaving these types of themes. And maybe like, like the, the tomb Raider games is another one. Like, obviously it's, it's different as there's not like post-apocalyptic, you know infected things everywhere but they really show lara as like almost in in a parallel to 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 ellie where they are young and finding themselves and dealing with this violence and you can sort of see that takes a bit of a toll on on lara croft in in the sort of the the recent tomb raider games but outside of that there's nothing that can hold a candle to this as far Mm -hmm. as that type of emotional hit yeah for sure so I, i guess ultimately should people play the game it's it's a resounding yes for me for anyone that loves loves a good story if if you're looking for a mindless shooter look away like yes you you do you do you do have a lot of gunplay and and things like that but you know ammo is is constantly in short supply you're not just sort of like a terminator where you're bulletproof and you're just running through and shooting everything every every bullet needs to be accounted for and and Ellie especially is, is sort of uh, pretty fragile. She can't take too many hits. Obviously, you can fix that through the skill trees that you, that you work through during the game. But I, I think for anyone that just loves good storytelling needs to play this game. And, and that's that's the way I see it. I see it more of a narrative and a social study as opposed to a, a video game experience is how I sort of think of this game. It just just impacted me in so many ways and my emotions are still a mess
2: yeah for sure i I think as much as i loved it i'll say it's probably not for everyone it is super violent it is very traumatic and there's ptsd and there's um emotions that you see on screen that might bring you into a very vulnerable place or that that might bring you back to some dark moments Um, there's also some very heavy themes in there that some people might not appreciate but that's really the only kind of of way I would kind of warn someone away from playing. Like if, if for some, like, you know, some people say the game's too violent or it's too dark and it's too bleak and whatever. And I feel like it's just not for those people. It's it's probably it's like saying a Kevin Smith movie is too crass or that, um, you know, uh, that there's too much action in A Fast and Furious. It's like, well, that's what yeah. it is. You know, The Last of Us part two isn't this like there's moments of levity but they're far and few between and and that makes them stand out so much and it makes you cherish them so much when they happen and we'll go through some of those soon but yeah i mean it might just be something where you have to be in the right state of mind to play but i think if you want to play something that shows what the playstation 4 is capable of this will be the the game that is remembered. I don't, I don't know what Cyberpunk's going to look like when that comes out later this year, whether it's going to run as well as this, whether it's going to achieve the same thing as far as um, the the blend and that like for me like the perfect blend of, of kind of uh, gameplay and exploration and narrative all wrapped together. But that is that's what I think this game's going to be remembered for.
1: It's it's up there with sort of those three those three pillars you mentioned, like with the most recent God of War for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's sort of yeah. also landed from a from a visual perspective, combining gameplay and story. And that's what this does too, but it's just yeah, with a lot more emotion and, and tone attached to it. As I think what you said was perfect. Yeah, it, it could it could put you in some dark places this game because it goes Into areas that not many games do, or do with this amount of realness. Mm. So yeah, just just be careful with that because yeah, it's it's a game. I think you need to be like when you're playing it. I found myself too. There was times I'm like, all right, I gotta gotta have a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm gonna gonna put this down for now. Play with the dogs, go for a walk, whatever. Just just sort of realign my my (laughs) chakras again, and then get back into it because yeah, the the hits come thick and fast in this game and. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lot of negative emotions you'll be feeling, but on, you know on the on the flip side of that, it's it's a sign of amazing storytelling by the crew at Naughty Dog. So,
2: do you want to get into spoiler territory, or should we run through some of the kind of specific elements of of the development
1: work? I I don't mind. I don't mind. Like it could weave into into like bleed into spoiler if you want, but I'm easy. Yeah, what, what do you I mean? Think? I
2: think we've said enough about these things. Like maybe you should just say the combat is vastly improved from the first game. If we're, if we're giving our review of this still, um, I think yeah. that they've added enough wrinkles into that to make it uh, stand out. Like you've got, you know, being able to go prone and crawl under things and hide in, in grass, which was uh, directly from uncharted four. And I guess that's um, the mechanic of it's a, a bit more vertical with the, sounds basic to say like a jump button (laughs) uh and 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 that side of things so and, and i just think that uh the the combat itself and the way that encounters take place is so much more improved from the first game the ai is smarter the the puzzles in the game it doesn't seem like they repeat at all like you might have to find something to climb on top of or move a ladder or something more than once but in the first game one of the things people hated was you know how many times do I have to get a crate for Ellie to you know get her across some water or boost someone up or whatever it is so I think that they have been listening to those critiques and tried to to reduce those as much as possible Um, but yeah I mean we've talked about the sound the music's amazing obviously same composer Gustavo uh, Santo Olala, which is a name God. I learnt for my uh, Last you of Us trivia. For the Hungry Games. Never show. got to use, so I'll say his name here. <laughs> but yeah, like the performance we've touched on is just superb, especially Laura Bailey's portrayal of a character called Abby. And obviously, Ashley Johnson and, and Troy Baker just blow it away. Like, I feel like they just take things where you, you kind of hope they would go from the first game as far as performances like you just feel that connection between those two people so strongly
1: it's it's beautiful like it's it's a, a unique situation obviously with with joel and ellie but yeah she becomes his his i guess um you know surrogate daughter yeah. yeah surrogate daughter is a better word and um yeah it's just beautiful the bond they have and, and obviously it's not without its its hiccups and and sort of we'll dive into that in more detail soon but just, just the love care admiration and respect they've got for each other is, is beautiful mm. and obviously um, yeah I love it I love those two characters and, and yeah Ashley and, and Troy playing those two roles you can see they've they've fully committed and you see whether either be behind the scenes stuff with the, the motion capture or just just the the facial expressions on the characters in the games the vocal delivery like every syllable, has meaning and emotion behind it which I love like no one's mailing in mm. any performance and yeah Laura Bailey's Abby that's that's one of the best character arcs I've dealt with in any video game I've ever played oh, wow. um, from yeah. like I, I loved that character and and sort of where they take her and, and show where she's been and we'll, we'll talk about that soon but yeah I I like the combat I like the fluidity of it as well especially when you start unlocking some of the the abilities down the skill trees, where you've you can sort of um, you know have back to back you know critical melee hits based off a timer and stuff mm-hmm. like that, being able to sort of quickly chop and change between some of the weaponry, some of the guns just feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> some of the guns I felt like I barely used, but then others like shotguns and pistols uh, I was rocking very very frequently in conjunction with just leveling up, like doing the the melee enhancements where you can um add like a pair of scissors mm. to a pipe and it just becomes a, a death weapon 2000 or whatever like yeah oh my there's goodness. enough
2: to do like there's enough ways to approach combat that you can finish the game without really exploring some of them like i barely used the uh, smoke grenades for example um, and some of the other things you can craft i never touch so i've actually finished the game twice now to get the platinum trophy and the second time through i was like you know i never used this gun so i'm gonna make sure i give it a good shot and yeah, and, and also just running straight through combat sometimes and or stealthing through it completely and avoiding fighting altogether. Like That's an option that some people probably don't even realize is there and it adds definitely some nuance to at least your second time round.
1: Oh, and it gets the heart pumping, like trying to avoid alerting enemies and you're hiding behind a, <clears throat> a pillar or laying low in, in some grass or whatever else and they're literally like two meters away and you hear the the sort of tonal change when they can see something, but they haven't quite seen you yet. And you see they're gonna no, keep, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. And then it sort of fades away. like, Phew. yeah. It's, and on, on the uh... topic
2: of like the presentation and motion capture, I'm not sure whether it was the the actors or just the you know the designers who who did did these touches. But there's so many nuances to make it feel lifelike. Where you know there's a time where you're riding a horse and you kind of ride under an old petrol station. And the roof over, like the pumps, is lower because it's kind of falling apart. And as you ride the horse underneath, the character kind of ducks their head downwards to, you know, avoid it. And there's a part where, like, the sun is shining on the character, and they kind of like look up at it and kind of just bask in it. And I don't know if people, like most game uh, people playing, wouldn't necessarily notice each of these things if they're not paying attention to that specific um, character or having the camera facing them. Like, there's a moment where Ellie jumps and she almost falls and she climbs up. And if you swing the camera around, you can see, like, she's making this face, like, yeesh, like, that was a close one. And it's not, like, in the dialogue, it's not in the subtitles that she's, like, reacting to what she just did. But if you do swing the camera around like I did, you'll notice something like that. And that's probably something where there's a lot of those little flashes and... And things like that that I didn't notice, and I might notice them next time. And I think that just that attention to detail, you know, there's been a lot said about Naughty Dog's uh, issues with labor and development and crunch and everything. And I guess if there's going to be any <laughs> silver lining from those issues that they're working through, it's that it results in a game that's this
1: amazing. 100%. Like every pixel in this game serves a purpose. And, and as you said, just those little nothings where ninety percent of players maybe didn't, you know, turn the camera in that moment, but the ten percent that do see those little, yeah. those little like additional attention to details and a, an additional probably you know several hours of care to put that five seconds of nothing in there to to further enhance the game and further humanize these characters. And yeah, it's just a testament to the to the the development team and and the voice work the the performances everything in this game just has such a high level of polish and care and love attached to it amongst all this really heavy heavy tone that they they sort of throw at you repeatedly but Mm. yeah it's a beautiful game even in those dark dark parts there is some beauty to it just from the the creativity and and the um development side and yeah I, i loved Loved everything about it from, from a narrative perspective. It's perfect storytelling. And, and I guess it's going to weave nicely into to future discussion here. But mm. do you think we should start shifting in, into spoiler territory and, and diving deep on, on some of these things? Let's dive right in, right. All right, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with what? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, I mean, let's give
2: the listeners like a few seconds to scramble towards their phones to hit pause if they're, I don't know, in the shower or getting ready for work or something <laughs> so we don't immediately spoil it. But three, two, one. I guess like the biggest thing to talk about is what happens early in the game. You know, the main character from the first game dies. He, they're brutally murdered. I guess this is one of the things that was leaked and I avoided it for the most part. But yeah, Joel they did Joel Dirty, some say.
1: <laughs> God, my goodness, they did Joel Dirty. Like, um, yeah, that was that was one of the biggest jaw drop moments I've had in a video game. And and it's like there was part of me that like I avoided all the spoilers, thankfully. Mm. Like I went into this game with a clean slate, avoided all the internet bloody hysteria from people leaking things left, right, and center. So I'm very, very thankful for that just because I know that moment it still would have had a big impact on me, but it would have been slightly lessened and slightly yeah. sort of muffled knowing that it was coming. And yeah, it was it was rough. And it's something obviously that gets replayed uh, through Ellie with some flashbacks throughout the entirety of the game. And you, you see it in more detail and you see Joel in those final breaths where he is beaten to a pulp. You know, she, she shot him before that, kicked the absolute nonsense out of him and then goes to town on him with a golf club. And yeah, they don't hold back on what's happening the sounds during this obviously ellie uh distraught with this happening tommy unconscious beside it as well and then seeing some of the you know the wolves or the you know the washington liberation front members struggling uh with it to a degree some of them are obviously all for it and they're like yeah you know good on your abby but seeing like owen and stuff you know that's enough whoa 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 settle down here but it, it felt like my heart got ripped out seeing this because I loved that Joel and Ellie bond. And I think it's one of the best relationships conveyed in a video game. And to see see Joel, this big, beautiful Texan, obviously he's not without his flaws, <laughs> but just he had a, had a heart of gold ultimately, especially for, for Ellie. Um, <clears throat> see him done like that, it just, it hit me for six. Mm. Like I felt those golf club blows to like my, my emotions yeah. when, when it was playing out.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, and I kind of expected this would happen. I thought it would be like maybe like the midpoint of the game, rather than like the very start of the game.
1: Yeah, um, like maybe two hours in, I think. Yeah, like most. I think
2: even less, man. I, th- I think it might have been like an hour or 45 minutes for me. Um, you don't really do much up to that point. It's um yeah like it. It's kind of like episode seven, like. It, Kind of expected something would happen. Spoilers for episode Star Wars, episode seven. Kind of expected something would happen to Han Solo because Harrison Ford had, you know, expressed not really being that big a fan of playing the character <laughs> up to that point. Mm. And it, it seemed like a way to get him out of it and add like some emotional weight to that series. And they did the same thing here, you know, like I, I didn't think it would be so soon, but you could, it made sense as i you know, taking myself out of the moment. Like, like, okay, this is what the game's about. Like, it makes sense. Uh, But that doesn't make it any easier. Like, I love Joel, you know? I love uh, Ellie. I love their relationship. And part of the pain of that is experiencing it through Ellie's eyes and having to go on without him and see her so hurt by it. Um, And then the revelations you get later make it, It's like the wound just keeps getting reopened and reopened and reopened when the, you know, I've got a whole list here of revelations throughout the game that really, really struck me, but the ones that kind of go through her flashback experience of finding out about what happened in the first game, you know, the fireflies, um, the fact that Joel lied to her, the fact that they hadn't spoken for a really long time and they'd kind of fallen out like those each made her pain in that moment so much more powerful and it kind of is so important to the rest of the story of why is she going to these extremes why is she going why is she so consumed by uh this pain and this this thirst for revenge and it's partly i think because she blames herself for the way things ended between her and Joel to some extent. And you know, we get some revelations toward the very end of the game that we'll get to later. But yeah, like that you know, that that's one of, that's the scene I guess that has the fanboys up in arms, the ones who never played the game from the sounds of it. But um yeah, I mean I think it's so important to the structure of this story.
1: Hundred percent. It it shapes the journey you're about to go on and it it explains why there is a sequel you know cuz yeah. you sit there and go what are they going to do to to make this story important enough for people to care to play through another last of us game because i thought the first one you know wrapped up perfectly so it was always going to be difficult for the writers to to create a story decent enough to to carry mm. on the legacy from number 1 but also try and improve on that and get you as engrossed and care as much as you did for the first one and i think it did that especially Leading off so early in the piece, and yeah, killing off the lead from from the first game, yeah, and in, I'm, in a very powerful way too. My goodness. Yeah,
2: and it just makes you relate to Ellie, and you're like, yeah, let's go get those guys, let's find them, let's make them pay for this, and that's that's what's motivating you as the player for the first like twelve or fifteen hours, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're motivated because you're like. I'm gonna kill you, Ellie, and I'm gonna kill you slow. I mean Abby, and kill you slow because you're the worst person in the world. Like straight away, I just hated Abby as a character, you know nothing about her obviously hmm. in, in in a vacuum at this point in the game. And she is the ultimate big bad. She's, she's killed your father and um, you know, sent you on this this revenge quest. and yeah, you're, you're sort of navigating your way. Uh, through Seattle as, as, as Ellie making a way through there with uh, your trusty companion slash girlfriend slash mother-to-be Dina mm. um, by yeah. your side. Uh, I, I didn't mind Dina. She cops a bit of flack out there. From like people Dina. didn't really like the character, but I thought she, she was, she was fleshed out. She had good, good values, good morals. And obviously we'll talk probably more about her later in the, in this um, episode too, but she, she was a good um, good sidekick for you, helped out.
2: Um. Oh, I mean, their relationship felt so real. Like <laughs> the way that they had obviously some history as friends and then it was becoming something more uh, just their little side jokes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it just, the way they bantered with each other felt so real to me. And it made the game, you know, finding out that she was pregnant and like there was just instantly these higher stakes and yeah, I mean, I, I really, I'll get to this a bit later, but I i thought that her inclusion in the game gives like Ellie so much more to lose as well, but yeah. it's the, the thing that she's kind of lost sight of in, in
1: ways. No, 100%. And yeah, we'll unpack that a bit more soon, but... Yeah, so so you you get the lead that that Abby and her crew are in Seattle, sort of beeline straight there and you work your way through working through these members of the the WLF or the Wolf. Obviously, yeah, the end goal is is to to find and ultimately kill Abby for for killing for killing your father, hmm. uh killing Joel and um yeah, just uh making making Ellie and everyone else's life miserable. Tommy's already sort of shot off early, so you're sort of chasing Joel's brother Tommy. Uh, through through this game as well and just dealing with um, yeah just this like line of death and chaos and destruction on the way through the, the gameplay loop itself it doesn't change too much especially with when you then sort of peel off and, and get Abby's side of the story mm. and like I get it but it can get a little bit repetitive and draining go through this building typically you're either making your way to the top of a, a building or an area or the bottom, stealth your way through, kill some kill some WLF members or kill some Seraphites, kill some infected. Just as you get to the door, the floor is going to collapse on you and you fall further down. You've got to find your way through. Like that's, that's the same sort of beat that it gets. And I'll talk more about that, yeah. I guess, in nitpicks and gripes. But yeah, I, I love the story. I loved the evolution of Abby as a character. Like, so yeah, as you said, you play for plays Ellie for the first 12 ish hours, and then it flips the script. You get to this massive big moment in the game, and you go, Oh my god, there there might be some form of closure here, or the end is in sight. And then it goes, Hold on, record scratch, Mm. rips you back um, several days, and then even several years, showing how sort of Abby, I guess, came to be in the present. Where full disclosure. Uh, Joel uh, kills the lead the lead scientist that was going to operate on on Ellie because obviously Ellie's immune to the disease and the only way to generate a cure is to actually open up Ellie's skull because there's a part of her brain that uh, they need they need to sort of um, yeah, cultivate a cure, but that would mean killing Ellie. Joel makes a big decision. F that noise, I'm getting Ellie out of here. You know she's my girl. you guys aren't doing this. And kills the lead doctor or lead scientist, which ultimately ends up being Abby's dad. Yeah, which sets her on the revenge path as well.
2: There's so many revelations in the game that I want to like touch on. So, for, for starters, I guess it's you know the presence of these of these people who were there to kill Joel in the snow, and they eventually do. Like that's huge, and it leads into the rest of the you know the main mission of the game. But as as that's going on. You have these revelations that, you know, of who Abby actually is. Like, why do they do this? I guess, like, we know that Joel had done a lot of uh, bad things in his past. Like, he'd been involved with hunters and he'd been involved with different, like, ways of trying to survive before ending up in Boston. So, my brain was kind of going, okay, who, who are these, you know, young adults that are here just to kill Joel? Like, how do they know him? How do they know where he is? So to reveal that Abby's part of the Fireflies, and her father is this guy that you, basically, basically innocent or somewhat innocent guy that you kill in the first game, it adds so much more uh, meaning to that section of the game. Like the last, the key sequence of the first game, is a huge part of this game, and there's flashbacks to it multiple times from different perspectives. So um, many
1: flashbacks. Yeah. My goodness.
2: <laughs> so I, I just thought like the revelation of like who Abby is and who her father was, like that instantly adds a level of empathy that becomes a major theme throughout the game where you you remember like, yeah, Joel's a bad guy. From these people's perspective, he's the bad guy. He is, you know, It and it was at that point, I was already thinking like, yeah, if this game was about Abby... Joel would be the end boss. Like that sequence would be the end and you're getting your revenge. And so for that to kind of flip around and you're getting to see both of those perspectives, I think was not only a really interesting storytelling device, but a really brave move from Naughty Dog and one that has been divisive and hugely criticized. And it's part of the reason the game's longer than some people think it needs to be. And it's a a character that some people naturally we just said before we hated her when she killed joel but a lot of people weren't able to get past that and empathize with her and uh i guess grow attached to her i think the way that you're meant to or the way at least that i did and sounds like you did right
1: 100 percent i guess we could um we could plug in uh a, a question here would you think as well with tilby i guess because it ties in nicely with with Definitely. the abby discussion Let's do that. so i'll just play
0: the b-roll here Hey guys, Matt Tilby here, your co-host on Hoop Dreams. Um, Just finished earlier this week on The Last of Us Part 2. It's still stuck with me, to be honest, so I've got a couple of questions for you um, that I'll run through pretty quick just to see how you go with them. First of all, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on playing as Abby. Obviously, it's a a topic of much contention for a lot of people um, on the internet at the moment. Obviously, some uh, complaints are a little more warranted than others, but after having played a little while through that uh that second sort of part of the the game i found it a little bit more warranted and i sort of grew to the character what were your thoughts on that
1: so i i guess we sort of opened that up a little bit before we dropped that in there but yeah it, w- it was tough at first because i had so much hatred towards her just naturally through what happened with with joel in that cabin out in wyoming mm. but then as they peeled back layer after layer and gave her some backstory and fleshed out her history and and sort of the experience with her and her dad running through, through the park and, and, you know, saving, saving that zebra of all Mm. things and just sort of seeing the heart and, and obviously the love that they showed for one another and, and showing that her dad was seemed like a genuine good guy from the, the airtime he got during the playthrough and just, I guess, seeing, what set her in motion on, on the revenge. And and I started to understand and relate more and more as, as it went on. And, and, you know, that's, that's just a a sign of good writing and obviously Laura Bailey fully committing to, to playing as, as Abby also added more depth to that performance as well. But I didn't have an issue with it. I thought playing through that, that Abby section uh, went too long. I think they could have cut a little bit of that out, Mm -hmm. but, at the same time, there was some great cutscenes that that sort of showed her more from a character perspective. showed she was a, she was a very flawed character. She was struggling, and you know, a lot of her sort of I guess inner sanctum in the WLF. A lot of them respect her, but don't really like her. I guess is a nice yeah. way. Like she's a very hard woman and very no nonsense. And you know, like the part where she's um, back at the aquarium. Um, with Owen and, and his partner and, and you can see the hatred that she has towards Abby and gives it obviously the big yeah. ultimatum as far as if you're going, I'm not type of thing, when they're trying to move to a, a better life and, and escape this this sort of turmoil in, in Seattle. But I really enjoyed it and I liked that they had a little a few different wrinkles with with weapons that she 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 handled and also some of the abilities you could get. with Abby and she felt like a stronger character to play as I felt like I was more freely going into combat with her Uh, I don't know if it was just with the way I sort of uh, dealt with her skill trees or not or if they did actually give her a little bit more health as opposed to to Ellie but it felt like she could withstand more punishment in the game so I was playing more action-oriented with her as opposed to stealth with Ellie so it was a nice little contrast in that regard for me with getting slightly different Playthroughs, even though we were almost playing through the same same loops.
2: Yeah, I'm similar. Like when we first started playing as her, after the zebra flashback and the realization that they were the fireflies, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be like another short sequence with her, similar to the start of the game, where you get that very brief gameplay as Abby." And I knew there was a trophy for collecting five coins. For abby so i was like yeah sweet i'll get five coins and then we'll be back to ellie and then that part kind of ends that day one in seattle and you're still her and i was like oh <laughs> we're doing all three days in a row yes wow. yes we are and she had and it's like that realization like oh she has like her own skill tree she has guns that can be upgraded how's this gonna work uh, that's so bold i think and Uh, I think playing as her, I I keep coming back to this theme of perspective and empathy. And you really do see that her and Ellie have so much in common and in a different world, they'd probably be friends and allies, but they're just literally on the opposite ends. You know, if, um, if things were different, they would have been great. You know, if, 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 uh, if Ellie had made it to the fireflies and not been killed, in her surgery like they would have been fighting together or if abby's mm. family had come across jackson and and join that community it's it's a it's just interesting and it kind of speaks to like to me even like the futility of war even because even within a, a conflict like that it's people who both are fighting for their country and they don't have the the moral issue of like what they're government decided was the reason to go to war they just know that they're defending their families and their people and that's one of the tragedies of war is that um there's like often so much gray and it's not a right and a wrong and even like in them trying to humanize abby's father it's not even as simple as oh he was good because he was he cared about zebra he was he was also going to essentially murder ellie without her consent like her it's her, like in, in medical sense, it's completely unethical to um, do an operation that would kill someone without their permission. And that's what he was willing to do to save mankind. Um, as as noble as the effort might've been, it's still complicated. So I just really liked that and, and seeing her trajectory take place as you get to learn more about the Seraphites and her empathizing with, with especially Lev and Yara in the wake of having her revenge against joel and realizing that there's still something missing you know and there's a actually a batman quote i want to read out because it's so relevant to this and it's not the one that people might have already been banding around about the story that is probably the more famous one you know if you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain it's the quote that i have from batman forever
1: (laughs) The, oh, this uh, is going
2: to be a good one. Yeah, the, uh, as Jack Black would say, the, the most sensitive of the, the Batmans. So, so Bruce is talking to, uh, to Robin about like his quest to take out Two-Face. And he says, it will happen this way. You make the kill, your pain doesn't die with Harvey, it grows. So you run out into the night to find another face and another and another until one terrible morning you wake up and realize revenge has become your whole life and you won't know why. Which is an amazing quote from a movie that probably doesn't hold up that well and i think that speaks so well to the one of the key issues in this game for ellie and for abby abby's experienced her revenge and she still wakes up not feeling fulfilled and i think that is why she has this turn where she suddenly wants to do something good and feel good about herself and help these two kids who are essentially part of the enemy camp and uh it's something that we can come around to when we're talking about the ending for Ellie as well she just can't let it leave it alone you know as far as letting Abby get away knowing that she got away with whatever she did even though like if they were to sit down and have a conversation she would see that Abby's lost everything like it's debatable who's had the most trauma in this game I don't know if it is Ellie as we're probably setting out at the start thinking it's really hard not that it's competition but between like Lev and yeah and um Ellie and Abby like wow like they have all just had their lives torn apart by things that don't really have anything to do with them um that are out of their hands and and their efforts to respond to those, to that trauma just doubles down and creates more hurt and pain and loss along the way. So, yeah, I can't remember. What, I guess, yeah, we're talking about Abby, right? <laughs> so, we were talking about Abby. that. Is that's, yeah, that's why I think Abby is so important to the story is you're getting to see Ellie's arc, but it's like a month later, like it's a month ahead of where she is, and you're getting kind of to see this is where you're headed if you go down this path.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 crazy that I found myself rooting or siding slightly more with Abby by the end of this game. And and I think it is just due to the the storytelling and, and showing showing I guess where she's been and and where she ultimately ends up and she, she got her revenge and she's still dealing with those those ghosts mm. and she's trying to move forward like in the game itself you know she lets Abby uh, Ellie live twice throughout this experience and yet True. Ellie still comes at her and comes at her and comes at her and and like obviously neither of us are probably ever going to be in shoes like this to to fully understand but yeah loss loss especially for like a, a family member and things like that like I get it I understand, like it hurts and it sucks, and I guess taken away forcefully, like it is in in this game, in both circumstances. I can I can relate and loosely understand how that kind of revenge would drive you forward constantly and feel like that's the only way to ultimately get some closure. Mm. And it plays out in two different ways with with both the lead characters, but yeah, at, at first. I was yeah very much like oh, Abby can't can't stand this. Just get me back in Ellie's shoes and let's <laughs> you know let's kill all these bad SOBs and get it done. But as the hours went by and, and yes, yeah, seeing her and and the the care and the love she develops for. For, for Yara and Lev and and sort of just seeing that bond and seeing more of of Abby's personality come out with the jokes and mm. you know there's that part where she's walking across the big skyscrapers and she's you know a million feet off the ground and just seeing her so vulnerable and scared and almost childlike in those parts where where um Lev's carefree and he's like da 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 and he's running <laughs> around and you know you could die with any misstep but yeah it doesn't affect him yet he's still the the young you know, the young teenager where she is now this, this adult that's almost in their role reversed and she's gone back mm. to this sort of helpless childlike state in that. Just little things like that. I'm like, man, this game just knows how to pull you back in and flip you upside down and put you through the ringer.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's probably makes sense in this discussion to follow through to like the ending and the, like that last kind of battle between the two characters. We have a question from at Tim Tals, Tim Talbot on Twitter who says, who was the real villain of the story, Abby or Ellie? And, and I just want to say, like, playing as Abby, the first time you fight with Ellie in the theater, I was like, what do I do? I don't, like, I let Ellie kill me <laughs> the first time. I was, I was the like
1: same. I let her go. I was
2: like, no, I'm, I'm not, I can't shoot Ellie. I'm going to see what happens here. And I just let Ellie kill me. And I wonder if, like, Naughty Dog had the, capability of measuring like (laughs) how often that happens it would be really interesting uh, because I just did not want to fight Ellie and it felt so weird to do it but I guess you have to do it to progress and it's an interesting thing and I I, I talked about this when I interviewed Roger Clark who played Arthur in Red Dead you start out Red Dead thinking like I want to I want to play as um, as John Marston like that's the guy and then by the end of it when spoilers for Red Dead 2 Um, you play as a different character, you get what you wanted, and it's like, oh, now I kind of miss that other character. Mm -hmm. And at the end, when you're fighting as Ellie against Abby, it's not that I had any preference towards Abby. Ellie's still my girl, but I did not want that fight to happen, you know? And it's that thing where, like, you're playing and you kind of take a breath and you're like, I guess the game's not going anywhere unless I push the joystick forward and I go, like, this is it. And that was the conflict that they were able to create and that is a rare thing in a video game. It's another reason that I'm going to double down and say, yeah, this is a masterpiece and it's just not something you can experience in film, in reading, in TV. It's, it's unique to video games and it's one of the special things that makes this work so well.
1: Yeah, that, that final fight on the beach... It's some of the hardest moments I've experienced in a video game. Obviously Ugh. the combat and everything like that, they just park that. That's that's obviously not the driver on this. But just the they're they're two broken women at this stage. Like Ellie's Ellie's got like a wound in her guts from getting impaled mm. when she got caught by the by the bloody rattlers and things like that. And and she's She looks
2: like she hasn't been eating as well I don't know if that's intentional but she's in that tank top or the singlet and she just looks smaller than she did in other parts of the game and I think like if you read her journal obviously we haven't talked about the collectibles and that extra layer of storytelling you get from the journal but it's so good and I think it references that she hasn't been able to like sleep and eat and you can see that as well and that's made her weaker and kind of explains maybe why her and this person that's been locked up by slavers are equals in this fight
1: Yeah, yes she's so disheveled by the mm. end of this because she's just so singularly focused on revenge i'm gonna kill this woman for killing joel then my life will be good again is, is ultimately what she envisions playing out and yeah seeing her in that state and then um yeah abby who's been who's been sort of uh, imprisoned by the the rattlers for a while, and and she's sort of gotten a little bit smaller. Obviously, they they cut her hair off, and she's been tied up on this on this pike thing for for God knows how long. Mm. So they're both, you know, at the ends of their respective ropes, and then just seeing this slow, realistic fight play out. Like in in most games, they, you know, they they enhance these big boss battles and it's fast and it's fluid and it's vibrant duh, 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 and it's 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 you know there, there's no emotional impact to the to the hit you lay but in this every single yes. punch or every slash with the blade you feel and it makes you feel sick hmm. because by this point in the game I didn't want either of them to die I yeah. I love both these characters yeah you, you just feel ultimately okay someone's dying here and um I I thought that ultimately when when Ellie uh, obviously we're in spoiler territory. She's got Abby under the water and she's drowning her. I'm like, okay, Ellie's going to drown her here. Lev's going to come to again because he's unconscious in in the the boat that is referenced throughout. You know, every time we boot the game up, it's yeah. there in the opening credit, uh, like the opening screen. Um, I thought he was going to kill her and then they're both going to be left dead in in the in the water there on on the beach beach's edge. But <clears throat> yeah, Ellie has a moment there and. I guess she lets all that grief go in this this fight and in this final, I guess, outburst where she's putting all her energy into trying to, to strangle and drown Abby and I think she like lets all this grief and hardship and trauma go and this PTSD in that in that moment and they sort of almost have like a like a nod of acceptance to mm. one another. It's like that's it, we're done now. Yeah. You know what? You've got what you needed, I've got what I've needed, we're out.
2: Yeah, like the whole last chapter, especially once you get to that building where you're taking out all the enemies, uh, all the rattlers on your way to Abbey, my heart was pumping and it wasn't because of the gameplay, it was because every time I opened a door, I was thinking like, is Abbey going to be behind the door? Is this finally going to be the end? Like, Is this where they have to face each other? And it just had me feeling so uneasy. I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want to leave Lev with more trauma than he's already experienced with his whole story arc, which we, I, we might not get time to deep dive into that. But wow, like the Seraphite's part of this game too. It's, it's There's so much great storytelling and B-plots happening here. But yeah, that last fight, it was devastating and like... <laughs> seeing Abby, uh, Ellie walk home without two fingers. It was like, you literally lost a, not only part of yourself, like so much more when you, when she gets into the, you know, the the farm and everything's gone and yeah, like we'll get into, like, we we should go into like some character, um, moments and that after we, I guess, finish talking about this theme of, of the, um, of the two protagonists, but, yeah, as as far as the question, who was the real villain, Abby or Ellie? I think that neither is the villain. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
1: they're, it, they're it, both almost like antiheroes. Is yeah, the closest you get to it.
2: It's the a rare thing that can be done in storytelling where uh, you relate to both people, and you know, life doesn't have villains. Like, it it's just people with. Well, obviously there are villains. You know, we have Hitlers and we have, you know people that Pol Pot's <laughs> yeah just people that are very much on the on the side of evil but in this game it's uh it's grey and it that who's the real villain of the story it depends which character you're playing as at that particular time doesn't it
1: 100% like and that's you know something we've said i guess since the jump of this episode is is just shows how great the storytelling was when when you can side with the person that they so firmly implant as the antagonist from the jump and like just makes me think like like in another medium like killmonger in the black panther yeah this is that similar type of thing where it's like okay that's the big bad but then you start seeing more of why they're doing what they're doing and and seeing some of that backstory and you go you know what i understand this i appreciate that and i'd probably be in the same boat Mm. and it's just it's just perfect and i ended up yeah loving these two equally and the journey that they took us all on throughout that yet yeah, 20 30 hours or whatever it might have been for your playthrough is is something mm. i'll remember for the rest of my gaming days
2: yeah and and like it helps that along the way we see ellie uh kind of tarnished by this experience she's on like she kills a pregnant woman that's probably yeah. like the one of the hardest things that happens in the game it's one of those revelations that oh yeah like they mentioned that at the start like Owen, like you're not sure who the characters are, it's harder to remember them because you're not familiar. But he mentions, like, his girlfriend's pregnant, and Abby obviously has like a visceral reaction to being upset by it. And then, as you're playing as Ellie, she has that realization. And it's the rare thing in a game for someone to be traumatized by their own actions. And, you know, we see her hands shaking, uh, we see her break down, and the same thing happens after she beats not uh beats nora like beats a explanation or information out of nora they wisely i think don't show exactly how it happened but they show the after effects and she's very much affected so it's you know for, for all the the idiots online that are saying how terrible of a character abby is and that um she's so awful and they shouldn't have let her do this and that. And she turns on the wolves without any remorse and blah, blah, blah. Like I can, if I had the time, I could answer each of those with, you know, the reason that it makes sense in the story. But for that particular thing, like, yeah, she threatens Dina, but Ellie actually killed a pregnant person. So it's not like it's a black and white good and bad here.
1: And yeah, this game just just lives in the gray. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's... There's, there's no clear right or wrong. I think everything and every action is almost justifiable depending on which character you're, you're dealing with. All right, so let's, uh, let's move into the next part of the pod with our man, Matt Tilby.
0: Um, I also wanted to ask, what part of the game affected you most emotionally? I know that different people reacted to different things and I've certainly re- reacted to quite a lot of it.
2: So the question being, what affected you the most? For me... I don't think I've ever in games had an emotional swing and whiplash as much as the jump from Abby holding a knife to Dina's throat and just more than anything, like, I'm getting emotional even talking about it. like, more than anything, just wanting to be like, no, like, don't do it, don't, please do not kill her in front of Ellie. Not only because Ellie's seen this happen already before, but... Like, loving Dina as a character and her being pregnant after already seeing, like, Mel lose a baby earlier. Like, that hurts a lot. So, in that moment, I was like, this can't happen. And then for that to... For her to, like, be shook out of it by Lev and him calling out to her. And then moments later, we flash to uh, forward, whether it's months or a year or so, to Ellie with little jj little yeah little uh, <laughs> jesse joel L- little chunky like, monkey <laughs> yeah he's obviously been named after jesse and joel which is a really nice touch but i think flashing from that moment of like grief and panic to this relief it's like oh like yes they got out the baby was born everything's okay Look at this probably the cutest baby in video games. I don't think it's a stretch to say like
1: he was adorable.
2: I don't know if they motion captured a baby for that, but I really hope they did cuz it was so on point like it reminded me of walking around with my son and all the stupid little noises that he makes and faces and everything. And like t- to go from that tension straight to a relief like a farm, a serene situation where it feels like everything's okay we're gonna get a happy uncharted 4 ending maybe um obviously that wasn't to be because that's not the kind of game this is but that like juxtaposition of like those two emotions for me was like like it still gets me emotional thinking about that feeling
1: yeah and i'm i I had that down on my notes as well as far as probably the biggest the biggest swing for going from a low point to a high point within the span of a few minutes in that game, and yeah, similar reasons like obviously dealt with dealt with situations and themes that have occurred in this game, and and seeing that potentially play out in that way, uh, and just the way this game, when they are killing off characters, a lot there's no warning, like mm. it is so just yeah. bam 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 like when when um Ellie Ellie and Jesse. Are going through the theater to see what that disruption is. They pop that door open, then boom, Jesse instantly dead. You know things like that where yeah. it's just this, like there's no telegraphing of it. it. Is just okay. That character's gone now. Yeah,
2: Manny Push forward,
1: well. and yeah, Manny getting getting yeah popped by popped by Tommy. Just just yeah, yeah. Th- there's no there's no sort of slow burn to any of these these deaths and and big actions. Um, apologies. I just had a had an alarm go off because there's a. a a draft occurring at midday that I want to try and win some gear <laughs> on. But anyway, uh jumping back, yeah, that was that was beautiful. And just like hearing in the the exchanges with Dina and, and Ellie, you know, that's that was Dina's dream, you know, having having a, a nice old rustic farmhouse somewhere mm-hmm. out, having their own patch of land. And then they've got it. They've got the dream. Yeah, all that trauma's past them, it looks like, you know, Ellie looks happy and she's yeah. Trotting around a little JJ and they they're sort of sharing a moment on that tractor and then got the mum you know, haircut. <laughs> yeah, got the mum haircut. You know, Dean is in there cooking dinner. You know, they've got a beautiful house on this oh, farmstead yeah. and then they're you know wrangling the sheep and everything and then yeah the the PTSD hits again and mm. yeah that that final act you think this is this is the payoff the credits going to roll here in a minute maybe they're going to have a nice part where she, she you know they end with her playing a song again on the guitar and that's where i thought the game was going to wrap but then it's like no 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 way no how tommy rolls tommy. in they've found it they've found abby uh yeah down in santa barbara we've got to go you promised me puts the guilt on ellie the yeah. poor girl like and i love that dean always got her back you know wow. she's she's just this this meat girl just like ellie but she comes in she gets in tommy's face and she's like you know gives him yeah. gives him what for But ultimately, Ellie needs to do this for her own sanity and we Mm. get that final act with the Rattlers and that final very, very intense, heavy, deliberate, slow fight scene. Yeah.
2: So I guess segueing from that farm scene into the actual ending of the game, how did you feel about the way things wrapped up? You know, you get back to the farm. You kind of... I wasn't really thinking that Dina might not be there. Although once you walk in, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because I guess a fair bit of time would have passed with the travel from Wyoming all the way to, to California.
1: I, I knew she was gone. The mm. the way that she sort of gave her that ultimatum went, you know, she's like, You've got you've got a life here. I can't go through this again. When she said I think it was that line I'm probably slightly paraphrasing. Yeah. But when Dina sort of said that to Ellie, I knew she was gone. Yeah, as 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 a single mum living out in the in the boonies with you know death and chaos at a doorstep every second you'd obviously want to be with somebody so I only assume she's probably gone back to Jackson. I'm yeah. thinking because I'm, I'm guessing people from Jackson would yeah. have had to have come and helped her because all the furniture was gone like yeah. every big item like you're not putting all that on the back of one horse so no. yeah I think she's gone back but it was it was so heartbreaking I knew it was coming but it just still punched me in the face and in the feels that one last time and then yeah the house is completely stripped bare bar all her possessions in her sort of i guess creative room where she's Mm. doing her painting and and got all the records and things
2: yeah it's it's
1: so sad
2: it is and like to just jump back a little bit the the flashback where you finally see that scene that they revealed at e3 or whatever with the barn dance and ellie telling joel like to rack off, basically, I don't need your help. That was another moment that affected me a lot because I felt in that moment, like this was the last thing Ellie said to Joel. And I think that's what they wanted you to think. Mm -hmm. And then in the ending, we get to see that scene of Ellie basically saying, I don't know if I can forgive you, but I'd like to try. And that is really, it it doesn't make things right. Because, obviously, Joel still died before that could happen. But it does it does give you a sense that, okay, Joel didn't die thinking Ellie hates me. Like, that yeah. is at least something. And it also kind of informs, like, the next thing, which is Ellie putting down the guitar that she can't play because she's lost two of her fingers. And you see her walk off in the credits roll. Do you... Where, do you think she's walking back to Jackson like I do? Or do you think she's off on her own? Or do you think she's, I don't know, going to find fireflies or what?
1: I, I felt like she's leaving all of herself behind there. Like the fact she didn't take a single thing out of that room. Mm. Um, I think she's sort of just, okay, That's that was my former life. Now this is Ellie 2.0, or I don't know, name change XY <laughs> moving forward. I think. She's just accepted that that whole life is gone. What she knew is is over. She's probably accepted that Dean is gone. Obviously, she's now ex- come to to accept that that Joel's gone, and and she got what she needed out of that. I think I think she's off to live by herself somewhere and just reflect on on that for the rest of her days. I think I think she's she's just gone out in the wilderness on her own. I think she's gone back to Jackson.
2: I definitely think you can't just walk away from. JJ and Dina like she'd been the mum of that baby for I don't know six months or whatever it was up to that point I just feel like if like she loves Dina and even though she's stuffed up I think even if she does go off for a month or a year or whatever it is I think she's got to go back like that's the the part in me that does want some closure and some happiness for her that might not ever be possible because of her mistakes and her trauma but that's in my head that's how the game ends at least i'd,
1: I'd love that too and and that is the ultimate like final smile and a nice heartfelt moment um but just knowing how this game often plays out i just yeah. think it's <laughs> not playing out that way and
2: but they give you the choice to 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 leave it open at least is great isn't it
1: yeah yeah it's, it's interpretive and, and the same with um you know, showing now that that boat's landed on the shores and, and Abby and Lev have, have made it to the Fireflies, you'd, you'd assume, or it's heavily implied. So that's really nice to see that they got their closure because they've been running around Santa Barbara for so long now, you know, um, yeah, trading, trading their wares for information, for, for um, updates on, on the whereabouts of the Fireflies. So that's nice that at least they get some guaranteed closure.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think we can probably... Do you want to move into where the game has maybe failed or some issues that people have with
1: it? Yeah, yeah, it sounds good.
2: Yeah, I think we've been through these points about the success. Like, yeah, this game has a lot of surprises, there's revelations, Um, the performances are amazing, Uh, the presentation is fantastic. And I just really quickly want to mention... There's amazing accessi- accessibility options, whether you've got like the three different kinds of color blindness, they've catered to that. Whether you can only play with your right hand or your left hand because of a disability, they've created control schemes specifically for each one and you can map each button if you want to. There's things for people with vision impairments. There's um, difficulty sliders for almost every element of the game, whether, the, whether it's puzzles, combat, whether you don't like... Um, being cla- claustrophobic underwater you can turn off the ability to drown you can turn off the ability to fall from heights there's so much consideration that's gone into that and i just mm. really quickly wanted to shout that out and hope that maybe that's like a sign of things going forward for games of this caliber that they can include that kind of thing
1: 100 yeah it's just it's, it's the same beats we've said this whole podcast is just the attention to detail and the care in every aspect of this game shines through especially with with what you mentioned there and um, your hat tip to to people behind the scenes that sort of pushed for having those accessibility levels implemented into the game.
2: Mm. All right, so... Where, are there any glaring problems for you, Brendan? You mentioned that the time, the length, I guess, or at least the time you play as Abby, is that the main thing?
1: I think yeah, you could you could cut out a good few hours of this game overall. I want you to tell me which parts you didn't think need to be in there though. Um, just yeah, some of the some of the parts in Seattle where you're traversing through the buildings. I I know ultimately, uh, where you're trying to get the medical. Bits and pieces Mm -hmm. to to sort of save Yara's life. There is a payoff with a with a pretty nasty boss. Uh, So so that's great, but getting to that part takes so long. I I like that they had some good time jumps here and there where you aren't going from point A to point B and it just sort of fast forward you right to that destination. Then you got to work your way through the building, but there just there was just some unnecessary exploration parts because it, it's the same, it's the same gameplay loops in essence for both plays throughs mm. and working your way through the game itself. So, so yeah, doing without some of that repetition and just giving me some more, give me some more story. Um, the, the, like, it's not really a gripe. It's just something that was hard to deal with was the dogs. Um, <laughs> and I think yeah. this is something I was talking to Ali before this on, on THG, and there's just something about having to kill animals and being forced to no matter what, obviously you can stealth your way through some of the encounters because there's, you know, like um, attack dogs or tracker dogs that, that the WLF and the Seraphites have (coughs) in the game that yeah. When, when they find you, you've got to, you've got to kill them in, in some very violent and Mm. disturbing ways. And uh, it's tough. It's tough to deal with like shiving a dog a few times or hitting it with a pipe in the head and, yeah, but it, but it adds more to the game. I get why it's there because it just shows this this violent dark world that we're living in, but mm. whoa, so many dogs that you got to kill and it sucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they really do that job of like making you feel bad about it when you're playing as Abby and you get to like literally play catch with them or pat them or whatever it is, like it's it's intentional and I think yeah, that is really tough. Um, if you find it easier to kill um, humans than a dog, I, I don't know what that says about you, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, like it, it, I think it's been done to show, like, not only for the, the gameplay, um, to, to mix up the gameplay encounters and to add a wrinkle to it. I think it does a great job of making you um, want to em- embrace stealth even more. To, to avoid that and it can be done um, but also it shows you what these people are like the, that they would weaponize dogs you know the, the same way that um, you know in, in like Metal Gear Solid 5 there's like these child soldiers you can't kill them I think which is great because why you wouldn't that's not something that should be in games yeah. but it, it just shows you like these people are, are willing to put these beautiful animals at risk you know to fight the Seraphites or the Trespassers or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. It's never easy. Um, there's other games that seem to have added dogs without the same criticism Naughty Dog has had. Like I just played uh, Call of Duty World at War. Oh, yeah, not World of War, the World War Two one. And
1: Yeah, and you can have them as a kill streak in the multiplayer or you encounter some in the game, yeah.
2: Yeah, and like... I guess maybe because The Last of Us is so realistic, it makes it extra difficult. So I appreciate that criticism, but I also feel like it adds to the experience of not wanting to be violent and feeling like you kind of just have to be because that's
1: the world you're in, right? 100%, 100%. And just the fact that they went back to the well so many times with i'm right there close to my destination then right, the four yeah. floors in like that's a that's that a part, game
2: thing like it's god yeah. of war as well it's like you know in, in god of war your journey is to go from here to there but every time you get close to there there's a new thing blocking you that you have yeah. to go to like another realm to to solve and it's kind of just the way these things work uh it, it, I, I, there's a few times that it was kind of frustrating like when you're crossing the bridge with Abby and you've already been on quite a journey and then you fall and then mm-hmm. you have to descend through this building full of stalkers. I hate the stalkers, man. They're like, a pain in the backside. They My God. really... Are, like, we haven't, we've pretty much haven't talked about the clickers and the infected at all this whole time but I really like that they made them so much... More unique compared to the first game, where I don't even really remember them. Like you couldn't hear them in listen mode; they would pop out of the wall, and I hated it every time that happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and the same like especially through that uh, that hospital part where you're getting. Infected bursting off the walls, and some of them you just know. Like you see that that sort of protrusion off the wall and the the infected sort of uh, membrane. Everyone, you're like, okay, I'm gonna take one more step forward, and something's gonna bust out at me and try and eat my neck. And we should
2: should quickly talk about the Rat King clicker while we're talking about the hospital. What did you think of that monstrosity? Like that was a Resident Evil moment.
1: It really was, and the fact too that then peeled off into you know, Big Daddy and, and, and these little little sort of offshoot. So you're yeah. running around that part and it was so dimly lit. Like it was so hard to see what was going on. And then it did its little, you know, poison gas expulsion that made the area even harder to see and also did sort of, you know, dot you as well. Uh, it was great. It was tough. Like it took me, I think it took me maybe probably five or six goes to, oh, to really? get yeah. it down just because either... I, I was sort of starting, and I had like one bandage on me, so I had to try and um, you know build, build some, go. Yeah. yeah build some medication on the go. Coupled with I was pretty low on most of my guns, so it was tough, but it was great, and it was something unlike anything you'd experienced in the game up until that point. Hmm. But yeah, yeah I turned racking.
2: brightness up because I got sick of using the torch in areas that I didn't feel like I was meant to be using it. So I probably found that easier because I could see, and you could just kind of stay ahead of it if you were careful, but it was definitely like a, a learning curve of, okay, how powerful is this thing? How close can I get? And that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking about the criticisms and Resident Evil, as we should, as, <laughs> as I mentioned, we did have a question uh, on Twitter from old mate, Matt Ferguson at Fergie21. Hey,
1: art savant.
2: Yeah, working on that 8-bit family portrait, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. And he says, do you think the story should have been told in a Resident Evil 2 style with Ellie's story and Abby's story being separated? And this kind of ties into going through some criticisms of the pacing. And I think some people feel like uh, like, maybe it could have been like abby like ellie day one abby day one etc rather than this chunk where you're away from the character that you've been accustomed to playing so what do you think of of that idea
1: uh yes and yes and no i think like i'm a big resident evil tragic and i like that you do have singular experiences in that game with leon and claire with with re2 most recently but I don't know, at the same time, because you are playing that same loop, I know a lot of people that have played Resident Evil 2 that have just played the Leon experience or the Claire experience and haven't gone back and done the second. So uh, there's, there's then the big risk of, of not getting some of those uh, narrative payoffs and uh, bits of closure and, and then big um, emotional impactful moments you get. So I like that they wove it together. I just thought that there was a lot of same-same that they could potentially have shortened... I love what they did and I love the story and the and having it in at the same time, I think because you're playing it, it both characters are so fresh and you can sort of remember how they handled situations differently mm. or when they're busting into a room first or second and, and knowing how that that's already played out and just seeing it from the other side. I, I like that it's all interwoven into one. I think it should stay that way.
2: Yeah, I'm with you because I think the way that it's done is obviously very deliberate where your Ellie... You're focused on what Ellie's focused on. And then it's only after that you feel the conflict. Whereas if you did day one as Ellie and then suddenly you knew who Owen and Mel were in more detail and you were killing them in, in day two or whatever it was. Like, that's not the way that they made the game to be. And like the first time you fight Nora as Ellie, you're like, yeah, get her, like chase her. Get her infected in this with the spores. Yeah, and she, beat her she was up. She a tough
1: little character. Yeah. Like she's she's getting destroyed by the spores, and she still ain't giving up anything. And yeah, <laughs> and the way it cuts away, you think, okay, she didn't give up, and she just ultimately died in there. But then you find out, yeah, Ellie beat it you know, out her. caused that much harm to her. She she eventually caved in. Mm. So
2: so yeah, I think like learning about the characters after the fact makes it work in that sense and i mean i guess you could have done it in a way that you do an entire playthrough as ellie and then an entire as abby but if you did that the ending wouldn't have the impact that it does so i think that that's um the way that it was done for a reason so as much as you know maybe they create a mode where you can do it that way that might be interesting as a patch or something but Mm. i think this is the way it's meant to be played and naughty dog consider all of that any other really key criticisms before we get towards the end here
1: not really uh, like overall um there was a couple little graphical hiccups i don't know if you saw there was some weird like i had some weird sort of texture issues where uh, maybe a bit of wall might disappear or you know you'd see through to the the video game abyss a couple of times right. in the ground but it didn't didn't really disrupt the immersion and disrupt the gameplay or didn't break any of the The core mechanics i just noticed a few times i'm playing on a ps4 pro as well where the game had a couple of judders here and there but outside that was gorgeous like we've touched on the light rays and the the natural environment mixed with the decrepit buildings and the the facial animations it was like fantastic to see but there was a couple of times like ooh, okay some weird like bodies falling and crumpling in certain ways when you've killed them was a bit interesting too but overall i think it was i think it was fine
2: yeah, I've got nothing else to say. I mean, there's some criticisms out there on the internet that I wanted to quickly run through. Um, number one, there are people who are saying like the writing is lazy, they use like shock to get people to feel this way or feel that way. Um, and it's like, I feel like a lot of these people didn't play the game, especially when they're making these. Um, comments about like Abby being like a trans character or they're saying like the fact that Joel's only in it for like 20 minutes. And it's like, you obviously haven't played it because that's not true. He's basically in every chapter of the game.
1: Yeah. To some extent. <laughs> and that was one thing that worried me when they did kill him off. I'm like, that's it. That's all the Joel I'm getting from my whole playthrough. But...
2: So yeah, like there's people who said it was like lazy. Then there's people who said that like... The ending sucked because Ellie didn't get revenge so what was the point of it all and it's like to me that's totally missing the point of the story which is about perspective and empathy and breaking the cycle of violence because you know let's say she kills uh Abby and like you said then Lev comes out and kills her and then Dina comes after Lev, and then the Fireflies come after Jackson, and it's just like, when does it end? And that's an issue in real life as well. You see gang violence, and you see these issues, whether it's um, conflicts and wars, or just like at a personal level. And you know, it takes someone finding forgiveness and letting go before people can be free from all that. So I think like that is the point, and that's it's just the
1: internet being idiots, really
2: it is and the only the other critique is like that it's too violent and they're bashing you over the head that violence is bad and duh like obviously but i think that that's it's that's a really reductive way to talk about this game like i'm referring specifically to a review that i read from a site that i won't mention cuz i don't like them that much but it was it was just very sarcastic and like oh naughty dog you think you're teaching us that violence is bad like there's these there's these different levels where, like, the far right really hates this game because it has LGBT and trans characters. And then there's people who kind of hate Naughty Dog because they have crunch culture and the games are violent. And they maybe because, like, Laura Bailey's a, a white woman that played a black character. So it's like, <laughs> it's this weird political thing about, like, hating on Neil Druckmann and the studio. Um, and I think that it's so internet culture crap. Like it's just it's
1: just just this rage culture. Game, yeah. yeah, play the game, form your own opinions. On oh, one thing that I thought was a bit strange in the game too was the the sex scene with with Owen and Abby. <laughs> yeah. On the like, I thought that was, that was such a bizarre moment, and that was um, the only nudity we got in the game too, which which mm-hmm. surprised me. Like you know, I know it. Uh, Lee, the photo of there. Leah, her selfie oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Polaroid. That's true. I, I have a story about that sex scene though. Like I was playing that part of the game and my mum was in the room <laughs> and she was reading a book and it was kind of like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and um, I had headphones on and I was just like, oh, 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 don't look up from your book. Like I just was like playing and like occasionally pausing it and looking at her to make sure she wasn't like noticing what I was doing because it's not like... There's no way around it. Like, that's a pretty, like, it's a sex scene. Like, it's very, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, like, rough and.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very primal, primal yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I was just, and she, luckily she didn't look up from her book. It must have been a good book. But phew, getting through, I couldn't, like, not that it's a, it's not the kind of, like, uh, scene that I think is meant to be, like, super erotic or anything, but I couldn't enjoy it on any level because I was just nervous about my mom looking over
1: and and it's funny how no matter how old you become that's still always awkward i remember watching <laughs> movies as a kid and a nudity scene or a sex scene had come on and you'd sort of look over at mum or dad and they'd look at you and they're sort of almost like do we fast forward it do we pause it what happens and uh, yeah. it's just it's so strange awkward. i
2: think it'd be more awkward for the parent than for the kid but yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's that's like the criticisms i guess and as i said at the top like if it's too violent or too bleak for you then i guess it's just not a game that is designed for your interests and i'm not like a person that loves violence or anything but i appreciate that it has its place in telling a story and i think that's what it does here.
1: yeah and and they they put weight to the violence like on on the, on the one hand people are like oh they force it down your throat but then it's like in Fortnite, you you gun down potentially 90 odd other people with no consequence and you're dancing and emoting over the top of them like you know, you, you can't yeah. have your cake and eat it too. Like this actually shows the ripple effect and the consequence that this type of violence would have on a person. Yeah, so Mr. JP, have you got any other criticisms you wanna wanna bring to the microphone today before we maybe move into the last uh, talk points for the episode?
2: I'm trying to think, and I mean I've played the game twice now and finished it twice, and I feel like if there was anything else I had issue with I would be mentioning it. But, I mean, I guess one thing that I really liked that would have been good to have more of was the downtown scene or sequence with Dina where you can openly explore the area and there's not really a set linear point to go to. Mm-hmm. I'm, as I get older, appreciating linearity more in games and just being you know, told, like, this is where you're meant to go. But there's something so great and freeing about that part of the game where you have an area to explore and there's a discoverability where you can like find a key to a shop and then you find the shop later or you see a sign on the on a bus stop and it says like a guitar shop and then you go there and you have this amazing scene with ellie playing take on me that if you didn't see ah, that, that scene
1: oh my goodness it's if so beautiful. if you
2: didn't see that um sign on the bus stop or if you didn't literally walk past the door of the music shop you would have missed that entirely which i think makes you feel like you've caught something as the as the player that others may have missed and it would have been cool to have that a little bit more um whether it was in in the parts with abby maybe when you're walking around the stadium or something but at the same time we've been complaining about the length of the game already so i can see why it wasn't done like that but yeah i think that that speaks a lot to like um, Naughty Dog pulling things from games like Uncharted Lost Legacy and implementing them in this game where it did have a, a section that was like that. And maybe it's something we'll see more in their next game, whatever that might be.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so I guess that weaves nicely into the the penultimate question here is is do you envision a sequel and, and what would you... I guess, think would work best for A Last of Us Part 3? Would we be following Ellie and Abby or do we go to completely different characters? What would you do if you were Neil Druckmann?
2: It's tough because there's kind of two parts to this where the first thing is that The Last of Us, almost by the definition of the title, is about Ellie and Joel to an extent or whoever Ellie might be with. So it's hard to kind of reconcile that it could be about anyone apart from her like she was in left behind she was in the first game she's obviously the key part of second game so i guess it could be about her adventures after leaving the farmhouse at the end of this game i just don't think it's a good idea to do it unlike you know the the ending of the first game it was like oh you wanted to see what happened next because there's so many unanswered questions like did Ellie believe Joel you know and we kind of got that answered where she was kind of skeptical enough to the point that she investigated and figured out that he was lying to her mm-hmm. basically and i don't think this game has those questions sure there's that open ended part at the end where where does she go when she leaves the farmhouse but i don't think it's that open ended question that needs a whole game to answer it And I'm just not sure that it would be worth exploring. It could be a different situation altogether, different part of the world, different part of the country. Maybe it's a story of the Seraphites. I think that would be interesting. I think it would be a great maybe standalone like 12-hour experience, kind of like Lost Legacy was with Uncharted. And it's it's actually a good precedent because up to that point, Uncharted was Nathan Drake. And Mm -hmm. then he had a game where he wasn't in it. So I guess that's that's a sign that they could try and do that. I just don't think it will happen. Really, what about you?
1: Yeah i I envision there'll be a third one in the future, just based off the sheer volume of sales. It's like four million copies <laughs> yeah, in the first hard. week. Like yeah. it's the fastest selling week one PlayStation release. Not ninety, like I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I'm ninety nine percent certain of certain of all time based off what I've seen on the stats as far as a week one, mm. Sony exclusive from a from a units move perspective. Like four million is huge, and we're gonna see that still continue. So I think the appetite's there, and, and Sony being Sony, are probably saying Naughty Dog, what have you got in the back pocket as far as continuity of story or just expanding on this world even more? Uh, the Seraphite's, getting getting some perspective from them could be pretty cool and sort of seeing just little things popping up on twitter now where you're seeing some of the development stories coming out like i was reading a like a 30 page twitter thread last night from one of the developers talking about the the research they did with all the the whistles that the seraphites use and the mythos behind that and studying certain cultures that use that and what they meant and how they went about it and just sort of seeing the 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 hard work and the thankless work that like you hear the whistles in the game you're like okay it's a whistle but seeing stuff like that so maybe fleshing out that that scar or seraphite culture could be cool but maybe like i refuse to believe that Ellie is the only one on the planet that's immune to this there's got to be a small collection of people scattered around the globe so maybe it does go down that perspective of uh, picking up the story and moving it to i don't know to Europe or australia or asia or wherever because clearly this this virus has impacted more than just america the whole world is in ruins. so yeah maybe move the location and and change it up that way but i'm happy i'm happy without how it ended like it closed like it gave you closure on on just about everything and and it's nice to sort of just theorize and wonder what ellie is up to like did she go back and settle and and her and dina rekindle and, and are living the perfect life I choose to think, yeah, but ultimately probably not knowing Naughty Dog. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't be upset if we never got a sequel. I'm happy with where it ended.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people would have said that about the first game as well, but I'm quite glad we got this one. And if they decided to do a third one, I'm sure they would only do it if it was going to be fantastic. So I ultimately put trust in Naughty Dog, but at the same time, I think they're probably over this. I think they could make just as much money by doing Uncharted five or a new Uncharted spin off with characters that kinda of come I am not gonna spoil the end of Uncharted four, but anyway, I think that they could do an Uncharted game. Yeah. Or something completely new because the, I, Yeah, they've got you know, many
1: stories to tell, no doubt.
2: Well at at one point The Last of Us was completely new and people said, Well why don't you do another Jack and Daxter game? <laughs> and oh. it's was like, Well, if we did another Jack and Daxter game you never would have got Uncharted and you never would have mm-hmm. got The Last of Us if if that happens, so uh, yeah, it's a studio that I put full trust into. Whatever they come, whatever they come up with next, I'm playing it for sure,
1: hundred percent. And I think, I think, sort of, I guess, the sequel could kind of bleed in nicely regarding the the confirmed s- series on HBO. So maybe they're going to expand on some of these stories or yeah. almost tackle sequels indirectly through the television show. Uh, especially with Neil Druckmann being one of the creative drivers of the show, it leads me leads me to this but let's uh
0: let's weave in Maddie Tilby one last time. Lastly, what do you see the HBO series of The Last of Us being? Do you see it being more of a world-building exercise or do you think that they might continue the plot in some way? It'd be interesting to see what they do with that in the next couple of years. Thanks guys. So yeah, I I definitely see the sequel translating
1: to the to the small screen. I think mm they'll they'll sort of obviously depending on who they cast and what they do but i'm assuming they're going to follow the the same beats from the last of us one and part two and then just if there's the hunger for it and the, the audience to generate uh, you know, to justify having multiple seasons i think that's where we're going to get a sequel that's done on the television screen as opposed to done through the playstation 5 or or 6 by the time uh they maybe decide on a third what do you reckon
2: yeah, I, I don't know, I haven't read anything outlining the plans for the series as far as the story it's going to tell, so talking out of my butt a little bit here, I don't think they should cover Ellie and Joel's story in a TV series. I feel like the game is such a great narrative already, it's so cinematic and theatric already that if you just watch it on YouTube... There's a movie there. It's animated movie instead of live action, but it's there, and it's about you know, depending on which version you look up, it's like seven hours long, mm-hmm. including some of the gameplay with narrative in it too. So I feel like that's there. If if people need that story in that form to just passively consume it, it's there. So if I'm Neil Druckmann, I'm probably thinking we've seen what happens when you mess with a character that people like, which you know Joel and Ellie the way that they've been portrayed in the second game even though i like what they did i'm not sure that reimagining it in the way that you would have to to make it worthwhile compared to what's already existing i'm not sure that would be uh what's the word like profitable you know like yeah. feasible i don't know if if there's a demand for that like do you really want to watch the tv like the two actors portraying the same story that we've played. Like, I've played The Last of Us four times. I don't really want to see that again with actors that probably aren't as good as Troy and Ashley, to be honest. Like, it's, it's them. So I think it would be smarter to base something in that world. Maybe it's going back, instead of being 20 years after the outbreak, it's 10 years after the outbreak.
1: Sadly... Maybe you're not getting that, mate, because the synopsis that HBO have revealed <sighs> is the story takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been okay. destroyed. Joel the Harden survivor is hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of an oppressive right. quarantine zone.
2: We'll delete everything that I just said because <laughs> that, that's me talking at my butt, as I said. I, I just don't think it's a good idea in that case. And I'll go on the record as saying, how is it going to work? I don't really know how it's going to work. And I do trust Neil Druckmann involvement but it just makes me question is this a show for people who are fans of the game or is it just a show to pick up all the people that haven't played the game that's the question that i have
1: yeah i'm, I'm hoping fans of the game will will what like be able to appreciate the show like uh, but as as you said i mirror exactly what you were talking about there that the the cutscenes already exist and have been been spliced together by people in, in the communities and made it into its own viewing experience. And you could do that with The Last of Us Part Two as well mm. with what you have there. So if it's just going to be a rehash of that, but just in, in a real world as opposed to CGI, I'll still watch it. Like I still love that yeah, story. I've, I haven't played <laughs> the first one. I've only played it like, I played it through once in its entirety. So I haven't gone back and it's not as, I guess, embedded in my DNA like it is for you. But I just love good storytelling. So if it's going to be handled with care by HBO and the fact that that Druckmann's involved and the writers of Chernobyl uh, are sort of weaving through it as well and, and, you know, they're good storytellers in themselves. So as a collective, I think it will be handled with care and and delivered well, but Mm. yeah, it's going to be hard to detach Troy and and Ashley from those characters. That's going to be the biggest um, thing that's going to be jarring for fans of the game.
2: Especially when Troy is like... You could literally just let him grow a beard, and he could just play the character. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't be opposed to that, to be honest. Yeah.
2: But it won't happen. Mm. It, that kind of thing just doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's our uh, that's our thoughts on the Last of Us Part Two. Phenomenal masterpiece, I think is is the the common understanding we have from from each of us here. Uh, brilliant writing, brilliant acting, brilliant sound, brilliant graphics. You know the combat's been improved. The the gameplay mechanics have improved. Like as you mentioned, just been able to uh, get more vertical, the jump, even though it was a bit janky, still <laughs> gives a yeah. nice layer, like a new element to the game. I really love my time I with fell it. Fell off ledges
2: so many times trying to jump across for some reason, like rushing, rushing it. I think, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that part with with Abby and um and and Lev working through to get the medication, you got to traverse the, the rapid area with the yeah. broken part. I, I died twice there, but that's, that's about it. I had a good hold of it. But I guess what would you give it out of 10?
2: I mean, I have to give it a 10 just because of the way that I've talked about it and the the way that it affected me. I think what it set out to do for me, it hit it perfectly. And I understand it's not going to be that for everyone, but you've asked for my opinion, it's a 10.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm at a 95 just i think it's as close to perfect as you can get in in gaming but there was just a few little minor gripes where i think they could have improved but overall phenomenal game must buy in my opinion um in some yeah. of the best storytelling not only in gaming but in general media and pop culture like it For just sure. hit me in so many ways and especially with with what we sort of alluded to earlier the the scene with Joel and Ellie uh, i guess we could wrap on a on yeah, a really nice still. moment flashing back to to joel to, to ellie's birthday and joel takes her on a little bit of an uh, exploratory adventure and they end up sort of finding an, an old sort of decrepit museum and they go through and and you know exchange stories and facts about dinosaurs and, and a couple little mm. nods to jurassic park yeah. the movie <laughs> and it ultimately ends with um joel and ellie climbing into like a little little spaceship a little like exploratory pod and he and he gives a a mixtape that he made and she chucks it in, in the headphones and, and just, you know, they escape this dark, depressive, extremely volatile world for just a minute, you know? And it was just such a beautiful moment between, you know, father and daughter, two friends, two peers, just two people that adore one another. And yeah. it's such a beautiful, touching moment.
2: It is. And it's really important in the game because it's so bleak. There's no not much happiness and and levity throughout the game. And I think it's the first time after Joel's death that you see him. So it kind of brings that sense of relief in some ways as well, that he is going to be part of the game going ahead. Um, There's these moments and there's, I've made a few notes like there's these parallels between Abby and Ellie where, you know, you you have uh, Ellie walking around Jackson and, and that sense of community. And then you have Abby walking around the stadium to the cafeteria and everything. Uh, you have the aquarium scene with Abby when they discovered that her and Owen together. And then the flip side of that is Ellie and Joel in this museum. And it's there's so many great parts about it from the beginning where Joel pushes her in the water and you see it's the first time, I think, in the game that Ellie swims. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, oh, he did teach her how to swim. You know, it's along with the guitar. It's a reference to the first game where I'm going to teach you how to play guitar after this is all over. And then, I mean, what was your reaction when you finally got there and you saw that giant, I think it was a T-Rex outside the mm-hmm. the museum and you're like, oh, that's what that's what's happening.
1: <laughs> I was just like Rachel. and I, we were smiling ear to ear. It was just such a beautiful moment and, <clears throat> you know, your weapons are down. You know, there's no obviously yeah, so you're no all, tension. You're, yeah, you're, you're always, I guess, partially weary, thinking that something could bust out. But it's just such a such a perfect moment, and yeah, it was it was just this glowing, warm feeling, and just seeing the love and feeling the love because you're so attached to these characters at this point of the game, especially after obviously playing the first one and all that that they've gone through. But it was just really nice to see, and you could breathe easy for a minute and just. Enjoy what was happening without the worry of a, a clicker coming in and getting you or a um you know a WLF agent trying to you know sniper shot you because they never seemed to goddamn miss. So it was really <laughs> nice to um really nice to see and and yeah then you're getting that moment with with Abby and and her father or even Abby and Owen when yeah they were doing the aquarium part it was was a great sort of yep yeah, they were walking the same paths even though they didn't they didn't know mm. so yeah
2: and and I think there's just so much in there that speaks to the continued development of Joel and Ellie's relationship like where things left off in the first game you know that there's that amazing moment with the giraffes that you kind of they, they experience it together and it's it's a moment of joy that they get to share that's so rare and for Joel to go out of his way to give Ellie that experience it makes you feel like yeah like he's now taking that father Position and he's not just protecting her but he's actually trying to make her life fun and enjoyable and you get so much great moments between them like dad jokes and like talking like correcting each other about like the names of the dinosaurs and then there's all the stuff with Ellie putting the hat on the different dinosaurs and then Joel wearing it and the the continuity of of ellie's obsession with space and everything is just really amazing from the storytelling perspective and another thing that they kind of lifted from i guess left behind where you you're running around the mall with with ellie and riley and it's just a, a time to enjoy the characters and mm-hmm. nothing else really so yeah that that's something that i really appreciated i loved all the flashbacks we didn't talk about the one where they're kind of searching for guitar strings and you're getting to see life in this relaxed environment compared to what we've been used to they were all just so important to the progression of the game and Ellie's journey to discovering the truth about the fireflies so I really cherished those moments and I think that they're just so memorable and and they're the ones that that make me feel the warm and fuzzies and that's so rare in a game that you get hit time after time with grief and um and like f- anxiety so it's the the highs and lows that make it work together and and don't make you put down the controller and never pick it up
1: again it's just something that's gonna stay with you long after you're done and um yeah i'll be thinking about parts of this this game and this franchise for a good long while and it's just a sign of, of something that is pretty special.
2: Yeah. Good place yeah. To, to wrap it up, I think. I think so. Because, you know, you, you can't feel those moments of grief and everything if you haven't felt the emotion and the connection before that. And that's where that's so important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, gets us to the end of this uh, THG episode. But, um, yeah, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other members of the hashtag 8B Collective uh, on your podcast Pride of choice those uh, reviews and ratings help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts you can find Jono at Jono himself you can find myself at Brendan 8-Bit and you can find us as a collective as a whole at We Are 8-Bit just about everywhere but until next time 8-Bit Nation much love stay hungry We're
2: talking
1: away
0: I don't know what I'm to say days and